Hi, this is Jesse Chu. And Quinn Nguyen, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season four. We're here to share paper flower journeys, engage with makers and artists, support small creative businesses, and chat about our obsessions. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. We are so grateful that you're here. Make sure to hit subscribe and consider supporting us by writing a review. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, Quinn and I are going to continue our conversation with respect to expanding your line of digital goods so that you can make more money. And I guess a marketing term for it would be kind of like for green products, I suppose. Yes, that would be a perfect terminology for that. So what is evergreen? Evergreen is you create it once and then you just have income coming in from you every day if possible, every month for sure. But you want to make sure that something that is going to be everlasting and something that people, even though you're not promoting it, you're actually going to be receiving revenue because people want to buy it. So a very typical example is when we create online courses. We create it once, we create the flower, we do all the prep work, we shoot it, we edit it, and then we sell it. And um, I mean, in the previous episode, we had talked about launching product, like a digital product and doing a big launch for it, and then to sell it within a prescribed timeline. But some of these digital products don't have to necessarily be sold just within like two two weeks or something. It could be just listed and then people can just buy and buy and buy. And the great thing about that is that you'll find as you grow your following and as people subscribe to your newsletters and they know more and more about your products, they'll buy one and then they'll buy two. And it just keeps on, it's kind of like a, I call it my like very reliable source of income because I know that every month X amount of money is going to come from my online courses. And I found at the beginning Like when I was creating my courses, it was kind of like the first launch, a lot of people would buy. And then it would kind of like taper off. But I found as I've continued to make online courses over the courses of the next couple of years, it kind of snowballs, kind of like Pinterest, where now people start discovering you. And then you've got this pool of people who either know your work or they've just gotten to know your work. And then they they see what you offer and they just buy. So it's a really, I think it's a really great way of doing something once. Great example of doing something once and then continuing profiting from the five hours, six hours, 10 hours that you invested in making that product. Exactly. Yeah, the Posey Box is a really great example where I have multiple tutorials from different instructors. So there's a good variety and I've made it once, I invested it once and now I'm just getting almost regular income coming from it. So it's a really great thing. So think about a really great tutorial or something that has made you go viral on Instagram. Think about how you can turn that into something that people would want to buy over and over again. Yeah. Some other things to think about is, for example, if you're doing prints or something, and I know not a lot of us do, but something to consider leveraging your art in different ways, using different mediums. But if you were doing, let's say, prints of images of your flowers, or you're doing phone cases, right? You put mm-hmm. an image of your flower or in a phone case, or cards, stationery, right? Gift wrap, mm-hmm. clothing, tights. There's so many things now. But- <laughs> there's print, yeah, there's a ton of print-on-demand companies that you can actually link to your e-commerce site, or you can build your own print-on-demand shop within their platform. So there's ton of, tons of those, right? Like 
Printful, Art of Wear, and then some other ones like Society6, more like Etsy. So they're more like marketplaces for handmade goods, but specifically for print-on-demand products. But I mean, the great thing about those things is you literally like take a photo, edit it once, post it up. And then a lot of times, even those print uh, those print on demand platforms can then like automatically create it into different shapes and different products. And you'll see examples of what it looks like and stuff. And you can list it on sale on your website and you literally just make it once and people can buy. They just click and buy, click and buy. And you don't have to do anything at all. And all you get is, well, you get a little bit of a profit. You can adjust and determine what that profit is by changing how much you're selling it for. But isn't it cool how you literally don't need to make anything, but do it once. And I think it's so powerful, especially when you are expanding your business, because you can only have so many hours in a day. And we were just talking about as you get older, like (laughs) it's really hard to make things over and over again. It's like you get repetitive stress syndrome, right? Exactly. Um, So being able to do something like that, where you're using your art in a different way, not just, you know, selling the product, but, you know, teaching, obviously, surface design, pattern surface design, stuff like that. I think it's a great way to add a different revenue stream to your business. The good thing about having these other types of income streams, for example, these evergreen ones, is that they might not be subject to the same barriers of why people might not purchase your paper goods. For example, your paper flowers might sell an arrangement, let's say, might sell for hundreds of dollars and shipping is difficult too. And so some people might not want to, might not be able to afford to buy it, one, and you might not be able to ship, let's say, an installation, like Quinn loves making installation. You can't ship that, but you can take photos of it. And you can create your own art from these photos. And so the barrier to purchasing those are likely a lot lower because they're also going to be likely to be priced at a completely different price range. So that will also mean you can capture different audiences. International audience. Yeah. Expand your market. There are some people Mm -hmm. who just love, they want to decorate something on their wall, but let's say you don't offer anything to offer any paper flowers for your wall. Well, maybe they can order a print from you and now they've got something on their wall. So I think it's a great way to test out the market as well and see what your avatar are, like who's following you. What do they want to see from you? Because a lot of the cool thing about Evergreen is that you make it once And so people who don't buy it, they don't buy it, but there are going to be people who buy it as opposed to you physically making like, let's say 10 flowers and nobody buys it. You've already expended like hours of your time Mm -hmm. making those 10 flowers. Um, But same with print on demand is if nobody buys it, you don't need to have anything in the inventory. Like you don't need anything in your house. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to put up much money up front. Exactly. So people buy it. It's a plus. It's just pure profit. You don't have to pack. You don't have to do any of that stuff. So something to think about as Mm -hmm. well. And you're probably thinking, well, how do I find out what my customer want? You guys, Instagram has polls and surveys that you can implement in a very, in your own manner. You can throw in your photos. You can have conversations. You can record videos of you talking and throw up polls to say, hey, would you guys like stickers from me? Would you like mugs, shirts? And just put it out to your audience because really you want to find out more why your followers are following you and what they really want from you because they're following you because they like you and they want to support you. But how can they do that when you don't have all these amazing products? And the thing is, 
invest on that research before you actually spend actual dollars to produce something. Because what if it flops and doesn't work out? It probably meant you didn't know your audience as well as you thought you did. So do your due diligence and ask your audience what they want from you. And they do want to help. So just ask the question. Yeah. And I mean, now with COVID and the pandemic, a lot of us have been forced to go online, online teaching Mm -hmm. as well. So Quinn, maybe we should share a little bit about Awesome Blossom and how we've tried to reuse our content throughout Mm -hmm. the course. Yeah, definitely. So as you guys know, with Awesome Blossom, Jesse and I are splitting the teaching. We teach half the flowers and foliage. I teach the other half of flower and foliage. And we just did our first workshop um, in September on basic techniques where we went the overview of all the different things that we're doing. We actually had Carta Technica Rossi in just to explain what Italian crepe paper are because our audience, we have such a wide level of skills. And that's one thing we had to really consider is how can we teach a complex flower, break it down so it's easy enough for beginners, but also complex enough for advanced students. And so we actually broke it down to there's pre-videos where you can actually watch a lot of really fun techniques to get your paper ready. So when you meet with us, we'll teach you how to do a flower or foliage. And then afterwards, we actually give you advanced technique. And so that actually helps the advanced students that are ready to you know make the flowers so much more, but also gives them opportunity for beginner students. Once they learn the flower, they can actually go back, rewatch this and add advanced techniques of coloring, of um, how to put together a certain way or do a different technique to give a different look. So that's one thing that we've really considered when we produce Awesome Blossom. Yeah. And so when we were thinking about, okay, how do we create this online workshop so that it's unique and that we can also monetize later on? Because with these types of workshops, What we wanted to make sure was, well, because it is live, we need to make sure that our students are consistent. Like we can't have moving students, you know, students coming in and out and in and out. That would be very difficult to monitor and manage a group. So we decided, okay, let's launch this and launch it only for two weeks so that for that two week period, whoever signs up, they're going to be our cohort. That those are the people who are going to go with that, go with us through this workshop series for all eight workshops over the course of, I think it's like eight months months. or something. Yeah. Nine months. But then what are we going to do afterwards? Because we spend so much time preparing the tutorials, creating the flowers, writing it up, creating all the graphics, then actually demonstrating everything right live, having pre-workshop videos, advanced videos, doing a lot of stuff, really. Oh, much. Um, (laughs) A lot of stuff, a ton of stuff. We're managing a community as well. We're putting all this platform together. How can we make sure that we can continue to monetize and not Mm -hmm. just sell it once and that's it? Because if you're going to sell it once and then that's it, that's a lot of time invested in product that really you could use over and over again. So that's why we decided we're not just going to do it live. It has to be recorded so that in the future, if we're going to release it again, it can be released without us doing anything other than to let people know that we're selling it. So that is evergreen. So you do it once and then we have figure out a way to reuse that content. And even Quinn, I mean, Quinn was saying like, oh, maybe we can use the pre 
workshop videos in a certain way, maybe those can be sneak previews. Maybe that can be part of the YouTube, just like small basic techniques to show. And I think that's how you have to approach all of your digital content is how do I slice it up? How do yeah. I put things together? How to inject new things, but not too much that I'm doing all new, new content, all this new work again, exactly. but how do I reuse the content that I have, which you guys probably have tons of mm-hmm. and repackage it and share it with a different audience exactly. or share it in a different way. And think of all the different platforms you can actually redistribute this information because every audience is different on different platforms from TikTok to Instagram to Facebook. Do you know how Facebook is completely different from Instagram? And also Pinterest. You do not forget Pinterest. Pinterest is a huge platform that you really, if you're selling something, you need to be monetizing on Pinterest and strategizing how to bring more people eyes on your product. So we just spoke with Sarah Kim of The Handmade Sarah Kim. She actually had a really great strategy that she put together where she actually get her content sponsored from, let's say, Michael Stores. And what she does is she actually does all the content planning. She figures out what she needs to do. She makes it, film it, edit it, and it's ready to go with her particular sponsor piece. Then what she does is she's asked permission from her sponsor where she can take that information, not do the same video, of course, but maybe change the color of the flowers, but then she'll film it again. So it fits her pretty much the she's personalized it. So it fits her feed and who she is. And she's been able to use that particular content and maybe monetize it on a little mm-hmm. bit more by creating a template that people can actually purchase and make it the very own. So think about how you can use all these different contents, because I know, I mean, if you've been in business for several years now, you have a lot of content. It's probably stored on your phone, probably in the iCloud. Look back on your history. One thing I do is I did a lot of content for my cherry blossom and it was with six different um, stores. And I have all this video and all this footage. And now you guys actually have a cherry blossom tutorial that people can actually purchase. So what I do is I have all these great video footage and professional photos that was taken, I take it, I ramp it up, and then I say, hey, if you guys want to make this, here's the tutorial that you can actually purchase. So it's already done and it drives more traffic to this because you do need to shine a little bit of light and market your product for people to buy it. Sometimes it gets a little bit lost because sometimes people don't see things. So give yourself a little toot and says, hey, here's the product, come buy. (laughs) yeah no so true uh the template thing is such a an amazing way to to secure evergreen income Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you've got videos for it whether it is a paid video or free video and we know that sarah does a lot of those free videos um which she monetize yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i was just thinking about like you just do the same thing with igtv Now that you can have longer videos on IGTV, it could very well be the video that you sell, but it's like a really fast version. So, or snippets of it. So you're reusing what you've already shot that is for paid, but you're just showing other people, you know what, just snippets of it or really fast version so fast that they really are just enticed to buy Mm -hmm. and go to your real video. And then just have a link in your profile, direct link to your shop or to that tutorial or to the the templates that you mentioned on IGTV. And that itself is evergreen. You're just, you're not selling on your shop, but you're selling through IGTV or Instagram. 
But yeah, the eyes on that, but you only create it once. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the, I think the key to Evergreen is that you're not expending time creating it over and over again, but you're creating it once and you're being, you're able to distribute it to a wide audience and audience that keeps on coming back as well to purchase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you guys want to hear more about physical product, we just did it over coffee just a few weeks ago. So check that out too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by our patrons, Elaine Lim, Maria Van White, Winnie McDowell, Jennifer Desplantes, Robin, Bonnie Slipper, Laura Wheelie, Martha Tokas, Nina, Linda Drysdale, Lucinda, and Tina Proctor. We appreciate your donation and we're excited to keep creating content for our paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there.